This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. Every Monday and Friday videocast live on Twitch. And as always, rebroadcast on YouTube. Or you can listen to us on iTunes. However you consume the media, please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Tell us how amazing we are. I'm talking as if Frankie's here because I'm used to it, 529 episodes deep, but he's not. He's up in Seattle visiting his grandparents. So today you're stuck with my ugly mug, just Reese, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and dive in. First of all, after a lot of hard work from a lot of people, we do have the Orc ITC complete set in a variety of different bundle deals ready to rock and roll. So if you've been keeping your eye on that, this was a Quite a delay on finishing this entire set, but that is because a bunch of things happened. But here we are, better late than never. And we do have the Orc ITC uh, complete set available for you to purchase now. So we do release these in a series of bundles. We have a series of smaller bundles, which you can use to supplement your existing Orc ITC terrain or to get started. And we do have complete sets and uh, ITC standard sets, which give you everything you need, a full table of theme terrain and a mat, and now we offer free shipping on any order over $99 in our web cart, which includes FLG mats. That includes Games Workshop product, uh, which is now in our web cart. And it includes these complete sets, many of which are over hundred bucks, so they automatically trigger free shipping. Hey, that's awesome. Who likes paying for shipping? Pretty much nobody has answered that question. So we do have a couple of bundles in there. We have three smaller bundles that give you a variety of, of uh, buildings to get yourself going. And we have the complete sets, which are really popular. We have the ITC complete set, which is a mat, and then one of each Orc ITC buildings. Now I can tell you that this is enough to play a game, although we do recommend using a little bit more terrain. For example, at the tables at the Las Vegas Open with the Orc terrain, which were extremely popular, we had what we call the ITC standard set. And we do offer that in two varieties. We have standard set A, which has uh, two of many of the buildings. And we offer IC, ITC standard set B, which gives you instead two sets of autumn tree sets instead of an extra uh, stronghold and uh, uh, barracks building. So it gives you a couple different options. They have the same price point and they do, again, they come with that FLG Badlands mat. When you put it all together, it looks absolutely awesome. Gives you a great themed table with a ton of terrain and it makes the game a lot more fun and immersive to play. If you like it, jump in there, grab those. They are available in the web cart. And again, free shipping on any order over 99 bucks, which is pretty badass. It means if you buy two mats, generally speaking, gonna trigger it, you could buy an FLG mat uh, and a Land Raider or whatever the heck you may want. And you're gonna get that free shipping, which is pretty awesome. And uh, again, in the chat, those of you who complimented us on the web cart, it does look pretty good. Took many, 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 many hours of work from uh, Frankie, myself, and again, we have to thank our buddy uh, Tinbane down there in Australia. He helped us out a ton and we really appreciate his assistance. But what we really wanna talk about, what everybody is super excited about is New Hammer 40K. Some of you are calling it 8th edition. Games Workshop is calling New Warhammer 40K. Looks pretty badass. And since we last spoke on Monday, Games Workshop has released a lot of information 
about what to expect in this new version of Warhammer 40K. So we're gonna jump in and talk about some of it. Now again, uh, on YouTube, some of you were commenting, Reese, you know what's coming, why do you pretend like you don't? I have to, that's why. I know it seems awkward and forced because it is, and uh, I can't talk about things that uh, Games Workshop has not talked about yet. So forgive me for playing dumb, but that is the way that uh, I have to do it. And it's more exciting this way, because that way we can talk about everything as it comes out together. And there's a lot to talk about. So uh, on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, today is included. GW has been releasing little tidbits of information about what you can expect in New Hammer. And they talked about the fight phase, and this generated a ton of discussion because uh, some people were, were hoping that there would be no random charge length anymore, but there is. Although uh, the way Games Workshop described it in the article, you only have to come within an inch of your opponent, which means that uh, you only have to move, uh, you basically get plus one inches to your charge length. You don't have to go base to base, you have to come within one inch. That helps a lot, that helps to mitigate some of those rolling snake eyes and flubbing a short charge, which everyone hates. Uh, myself especially, which a lot of you noted. Um, I have been known to nerd rage on rolling snake eyes on a charge distance, but uh, I know I'm not alone in that. And this really helps to mitigate that. And if you go in and read the article at length, they do discuss some of the new ways, uh, the new changes to the way that the fight phase works. Again, if you charge, you swing first, that's a big change. And they described that if a, a cunning general were to uh, get four or five charges off in the same assault phase, that you would devastate your opponent. And I can say from experience that that is very true. Charging assault melee is absolutely devastating. And for those of you out there who are concerned that melee uh, currently in 40K lacks a little bit behind shooting, well, I think you're gonna be happy because if you do pull off uh, multiple charges, you are going to kick your opponent in the teeth. It's very brutal, but uh, be patient too. Like wait to see the whole rule set as we've been saying before you pass judgment because you don't know what's coming. There might be more pieces of information that will further complicate the way that this works in a good way. So I would hang tight and uh, keep your eyes peeled to the Warhammer community page for more information before jumping to conclusions. Um, and it is funny, I've been seeing people putting out video battle reports with the, with the information that they have available to them at this point in time. And that's that more power to you, that's, that's cool. That was us a couple of years ago. And, uh, but it is funny to see how people are interpreting things without having all the information because uh, in some instances, people are, are off, off base. But uh, Games Workshop also talked about the morale phase. This for me personally is one of my favorite uh, changes that we can expect to see in New Hammer. They talk about the, the dramatic simplification of morale. And I think it's absolutely uh, great, a tremendous improvement to the game. You end up with a system very similar to Age of Sigmar where they describe, uh, you take the number of casualties, roll a d6, subtract your bravery, the difference is how many models uh, run away or not. And what this does is it, it, it takes something that used to be so convoluted, caused so many arguments. I mean, how many times did we go back and forth about uh, no retreat and tank shock and surrounding a unit? And then if I tank shock it and they fail the morale check and they fall back, but they have to double back, they explode, the whole unit goes away, what, what is going on? Nobody knows. It, it was just a convoluted system. It did, it was kind of cool and cinematic in the way that it worked, the unit's falling back, it's coming forward. Now it's just really simplified. It's like, okay, uh, I took five casualties, I rolled six, I have 11, I'm, hypothetically my leadership is nine, or my, my uh, leadership characteristic, two models run away, I just pull them out of the unit, right? It's a, it's a little bit more abstract, but it's so much easier, simpler, and faster. 
And again, before anybody jumps to conclusions, which I've seen all over the web, people are like, oh no, my space marines are all gonna run away or whatever. Again, wait until you get all the rules because you don't know how it works in a specific instance for every single army. I'd be willing to bet that there's gonna be modifications to that system as you can see in Age of Sigmar. So again, hang tight and wait to see the, the rules in totality before uh, drawing any conclusions or making any judgments on the system because you don't have all the information yet. But what I can say is this is really cool as someone who plays a lot of armies that are susceptible to morale, like Ash Militarum, Orcs, two of my all-time favorite armies. This system, um, as it has been presented by Games Workshop, is very appealing to me because in the past, I would have a unit of uh, Ash Militarum veterans, for example, jump out of their Chimera, shoot something, take four or five casualties, break, and then they're gone. They never participate in the game again. And it sucked, right? All these units become a, a, a essentially suicide squads. They don't do anything more than one time, right? And I, I can't tell you how much, how unenjoyable it is to pick up a whole unit, a big giant unit of orcs, for example, uh, because you fail the morale check and get run down or, or whatever the case may be. And now it sounds like that's a lot less likely to occur. Anybody who plays Age of Sigmar on a regular basis knows that um, battle shock in that game can be devastating, but there's a lot of ways to mitigate it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that in uh, 40K as well. So for me, I think that this is great. It speeds the game up dramatically and it makes morale a little bit more even between all the armies. And uh, one of my biggest complaints about 7th edition 40K is the all or nothing nature of the way that the game plays. Uh, it's like you either ignore morale completely, you don't even pay attention to that part of the game or it devastates you. And that's not fun, right? So I think what we're seeing is it's being a little bit more evenly applied to everybody. And I think that personally that that is good. And again, if you play an army like Tyranids or something like that and you're like, well, uh, if I'm in Synapse, I don't usually have to worry about it. Again, I would be patient and wait to see how things play out before passing judgment on that. Um, we also talked, we also got a little bit of fluff. Uh, GW put an article out called The Great Rift. This was really interesting. The fluff of the game, uh, I know people don't get as excited about it in the context of where we're at right now as they do about the rules. But I think it's really interesting to see what they're talking about. Basically, The Great Rift is a, a giant eye of terror that's kind of split the galaxy into two sections. And I'm really curious to see where Games Workshop goes with this from a narrative perspective, because this creates all kinds of possibilities. Now, I'm about to speculate wildly. I have no idea what's going to come. But to me, this sounds like there's a possibility that you could have almost two Imperiums. Uh, what does this mean to, to orc factions on different sides of the divide? Because in the article, they say, you know, uh, Guillemin, which <laughs> comically we now know his name is Robute, which is amazing. <laughs> I couldn't have made that up if I tried, but uh, Robute Gurliman uh, clearly has taken the reins of control for the Imperium. But uh, to me, this kind of reminds me of like, it's like Rome at the end of the Roman Empire when you had Constantinople and Rome. And, and this is very interesting to see how this is going to play out because in the article, they hint that it's bad for everybody. It's bad for the whole galaxy. It's good for chaos. But for the Imperium with Robuti on one side, it's, uh, he's getting ready to launch this big crusade to, to move things forward, to try and to make his father's empire uh, rise from the ashes, to not just fight a, a battle to survive, but to go back forth and conquer, which I think is awesome and exciting and is moving the story forward. And I'm really pumped for that. But they say the people on the other side of the Great Rift, it's, it's bad, it's terrible for them. So I'm really interested to see what this means. Are we gonna get a splinter faction of the Imperium? I don't know. 
I'm, I'm really, really excited to see how this story develops. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the Space Marine chapters that are on the other side of the Great Rift, which, if, and correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, if my galactic topography is correct, but I believe the Blood Angels are on the wrong side of the Rift. What does this mean? I don't know. This is really interesting. So the story for 40K is what keeps me engaged in the game long term. Uh, it's what inspires me to create new armies. So this, I think, while maybe not as exciting right now, because everyone's just amped about the rules, this to me is awesome stuff. And I can't wait to see how it develops in the long term. But uh, I think GW has shown they're not afraid to take a risk uh, with where they are right now, the you know, trademark new GM, but, uh, or uh, GW, excuse me. But this is really cool, and I can't wait to see how it develops. And then lastly, today we had an article about Battleforged Armies. This was a bit of a bombshell. A lot of people were uh, left a little shocked. Uh, of course, uh, Frankie and I knew that this was coming, and I personally think it's great. I think it's good for the game. But uh, in Battleforged Armies, the article, Games Workshop talks about the way that you're going to make your armies in New Hammer, and it's very interesting. They dropped the bombshell right away, boom, no more formations. Uh, that's going to leave a lot of people with mixed emotions. Uh, formations, I thought, were a, a great idea because they're trying to get you to play uh, the way the fluff is represented. But what we ended up with was formations dominating the game uh, or formations defining the way an army is played. I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, right? Uh, Battle Company is uh, probably the best example. And it's like, oh, Space Marines, they're not, they're not really what they're supposed to be in the fluff, so let's give them like 500 extra points. And then it created a situation where um, yeah, Space Marines became playable and they were quite good, but it, it really skewed things. And then you started to get these formations that just went out of control. And I think that 7th edition really went off the rails as a result in large part of what formations did to the game. I mean, you had um, the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus formation, which is uh, escaping me right now. The um, Frankie was here, he would remind me. But you have the knight and all the canicles and the free points. And that was the only way you saw them played, right? I mean, you never saw a Skitari army. You never saw a Colt Mechanicus army. You only ever saw War Convocation, ever. Uh, Space Marines, it was 90% White Scars Battle Company. So I feel like that really started to work to the detriment of the game. And then the Super Psyker formations that created these um, Bananas Death Stars, which, again, within the context of the game as it was played in a competitive setting, I do understand why people made the choice, but I think it was detrimental to the game as a whole. I think it drove people away from the hobby as a whole, which is not good to the long-term health of the game. So I think taking those formations away is positive. It may suck for people who had built one of those formations who was excited about playing them. Uh, I do empathize with people in that situation. But in the article, Games Workshop also mentioned that you will be able to recreate a lot of these using the detachments that they present. Again, awesome stuff. And they, they mentioned that there's about a dozen different uh, detachments available to everybody and that they have various benefits, not the least of which is they mention command points. Uh, in there, you can see in those little infographics and they talk about stratagems. Uh, I can't wait to be able to tell you, uh, talk more about those because uh, they're super fun they're super thematic, and I feel that they're one of the biggest improvements and the coolest additions to 40K. And uh, as soon as we are able to talk more about those, we will. But uh, all of you listening and watching, get excited because they are super fun. I uh, really, really enjoy that mechanic that has been added into the game. So really cool. And then the, the detachments that they show us, uh, they show the different kind of uh, force organization requirements. 
There's force organization slots that you're familiar with, HQ, Lord of War, troops, fast attack, et cetera, et cetera. They also show that there's a dedicated transport uh, um, force organization slot. So again, uh, not all the information yet. People are speculating about what that means. I would just hang tight and wait to see uh, before you jump, jump to any conclusions again on that. But uh, really cool, right? Like you can build, from what they're showing us, it, it, it's very flexible. You can build the army that you want to build, which I think is great. But you get rewarded with more or less command points. So we'll see how that develops, but I'm sure everybody will have a lot of questions about that. Also, SoCal Open. Registration is open. Uh, currently, we have 40K, 30K, and Age of Sigmar tickets up for sale. And we're about to hit triple digits in just a couple of days of sale. So the event is selling very quickly as we anticipated. Please don't hesitate. If you want to come, grab that ticket because we do believe this will sell out long before the event starts. And it is going to be an absolute blast. Again, October 21st and 22nd in San Diego, California, up at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Absolutely beautiful venue. We also have a uh, Facebook group with a very lively discussion going on. There's a bunch of people who are going to be at the event asking questions and generally just enjoying uh, some fun discussion. So follow the link through the show notes to the Facebook group for the SoCal Open if you would like to jump in and ask some questions and get a better feel for what's going on. Um, and we already did make a couple minor changes to the Age of Sigmar player pack based on player feedback. So thank you to everybody that voiced their opinion. We really appreciate it. And it helps us to make the event that you want to plan. And as mentioned, we are offering free shipping in our web cart on orders at $99 and up. And just to reiterate, that includes everything in the web cart. FLG mats, Games Workshop product, uh, War Machine and Hordes product, uh, ITC terrain, all that fun stuff. Uh, we do have a blanket discount now. And again, you can get your Games Workshop product in the web cart. If you don't see something you're looking for in there, it's because we're still uploading some of the items. We didn't get everything in. There's thousands of items. It was, we ran out of time. But uh, if you don't see what you're looking for, we can probably get it. You can just go the old route and email us at orders at frontlinegaming.org or call in 888-781-5120. And of course, keep your eye on the web cart for the pre-orders that will be coming up tomorrow, Saturday. And that will be the uh, Carriage and Overlords Ironclad, the big giant ship that carries all of the troops. Brock Grunson, he's the special character. And then we've got the Sector Mechanicus terrain that uh, has been super popular that came out of Shadow War Armageddon. And then the Shadow War Armageddon rule, uh, rule book, which they rushed to meet the incredible demand for that game. So you can get those pre-order from us in the web cart tomorrow on Saturday. And again, free shipping, 99 bucks. Pretty cool. Also, uh, for those of you who entered into the um, newsletter giveaway that we ran, we did announce the winners on the newsletter on May 2nd. So make sure to go back, check your email, just check to see if you were one of those big winner chicken dinners. Pick up uh, one of the many cool prizes we had, including a fully painted Glocken from the FLG Paint Studio, copy of Shadow War Armageddon, the box game that sold out in about an hour, and of course, three different units of Vanguard, um, Stormcast Eternal uh, Vanguard. So make sure to grab your prize and thank you to everybody that participated. A ton of ITC events coming up this weekend, as usual, all over the world. We have Denmark, Canada, uh, Australia again. We do have a major event that's up in Sweden and that will be Fantasia Fanatic 31. I believe I'm reading my Roman numerals correctly. And we have a GT, the Guardian Cup 10 up at Guardian Games in Portland, Oregon, a great event at a great store. Make sure to check those out and to get your points. 
All right, updated ITC rankings. Man, we have a lot of people racking up some points early in the season. Our current top 10, we have Ian Andrew in first place, Andrew Ford in second, Ben Rorison in third, Derek Page is in fourth, Kieran Howard is in fifth down in Australia. Stephen Hetmeyer is in sixth, David Johansson is in seventh, Jack Kennard in eighth, ninth is Vincent Arroyo, and tenth is William Abelez. Top teams, Mugu Legion currently leads the pack. We have Death Spiral down in second, Can Hammer in third. Congratulations, guys. Uh, Sisters of Battle, current first place is Adrian Genard, leading the pack with a big lead. Uh, Space Marines, we have Patrick McEnany. I hope I said your name right. I know you told me how to say it, and I believe I said that correctly, but he is only winning by 10 points over David Valerio, so very closely fought battle there. And third place, Nate Bates, is only one point behind David. So Space Marines always hotly contested. Astro Militarum, we have Sean Porter currently leading the pack. Blood Angels, we have Denny Page in first place. Chaos Demons, we have Ian Andrew leading the pack with a 70-point lead. Well done. Chaos Renegades, we have Aaron Hayden way out in front with a 140-point lead. Chaos Space Marines, Vincent Arroyo is currently in first. Colt, uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, or Colt Mechanicus, we have Robert Harp currently leading. Dark Angels is Ben Rorison. Dark Eldar is Troy Seleski. Death Watch, we have Jeffrey Merrick. And he is winning by quite a bit with a 60-point lead. Uh, Eldar, we have Andrew Ford currently in first place. Eldar Corsairs, Carter Leach, the man, the myth, the legend, always in first place. I'm excited to see if anyone can actually dethrone him for the first time in two seasons. Grey Knights, Shaylin Allen. She continues to be in first place. Well done, Shaylin, with a dominating lead, actually 140 points. Uh, Gene Steeler Colt, we have Jonathan Camacho, currently in first. Harlequins is David Ivings. Imperial Knights, Derek Page. The Inquisition, we have Philip Beltramo. Knight Renegades, we have Samuel Bowman. Corn Demon King, we have Denny Page, also leading KDK. Well done, he's leading two factions. Militarum Tempestus, we have Joseph Howland. Necrons, we have Shannon Patterson. Officio Assassinorum, Paul Boutin. Orcs, uh, we have Ronnie Minasayan. Skitari, Quentin Shepis, who has been dominating Skitari also for over two seasons now. Space Wolves, we have Wesley Pauly Tau, Wesley Anderson. And Tyranids, we have Lee Hartso. Congratulations to all of our top leaderboard contestants. And now let's jump over and answer some questions in chat. I know you guys have a million questions. I can't answer any specific rules questions yet, guys. I know you're still gonna ask them, but I'm gonna have to politely decline. So go ahead and let me know. All right. Uh, Axis Vinchby says, Reese, you're an idiot. He didn't actually say that. He says, uh, battle company, war convocation were detachments, not formations. Uh, fair enough. You got me, you got me, but then, what is a detachment? What is a formation? They, uh, they have very similar characteristics. But uh, if we want to uh, drill down, well, there you go. Quickster, free shipping to Denmark too. No, the $99. Thank you for clarifying, for asking for a clarification. That is it within the continental United States of America. That's the only place we can afford to do free shipping. Uh, so uh, those of our customers that are in um, Canada and Alaska, unfortunately, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Alaska and Hawaii. Unfortunately, we can't offer that free shipping. Uh, just too expensive. 
Uh, Creekster says, you guys should do some Malifaux. Such an amazing game. Malifaux is an incredibly well-made game. I just, the, the aesthetic of it just really does not do it for me. Uh, Mirth83, was it more frustrating before when you couldn't say anything or now that you uh, have to say things, and you, now that you can't say anything? No, it's not like, it's really not that hard. Like, I, you know, of course we, Frankie and I want to talk more about all the awesome stuff to get excited about, about what's coming. But um, it's really not that hard to keep our mouth shut because the relationship that we've built with Games Workshop is like so much more valuable than being cool for 10 minutes and, and saying something before uh, anybody else says it. Like, it's not hard to resist the temptation, quite frankly. Although we do feel the temptation to want to share the information. It's just, it's not worth it. Like, everyone's like, thanks for telling me that. And then we don't, you know, and then we're out. That would be really, really dumb if we were to do that. Uh, Jay Sarah, Saris, when will the ITC switch over to uh, New Hammer? That's a very good question. We've been getting asked that question a lot. We're going to switch when the book drops. So each individual TO can uh, play their event with whichever version of uh, the rules they want to. That's up to them. I think most people are going to adopt the 30-day policy, but I know a lot of TOs that have said they're not. They're going to do it even if it's like the day before their event. They're going to run with whatever it is. So that's going to be that's going to be a decision that each individual TO makes based on what they think is best for their event. But the ITC is going to switch the day of release. Uh, it's going to be this season's going to be weird. It's going to be a transitional season, but you know it is what it is. So we're going to roll with it, and it's you know we're so used to getting thrown curveballs in the ITC and, and changing on the fly that um, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, we'll, we'll roll with it, and we're going to embrace the new version of 40K when it comes. Um, we, the, the game plan is to play it pretty much without any modifications. Um, we want everyone to, to experience the game as it is, to, to, to learn it, and then if we do decide we're going to change anything for ITC, uh, which there's no guarantees that, that we will, but if people decide that there's, you know, rule X or Y that they think is, you know, would be better served or introducing new, uh, whatever the case may be, scenarios or whatever into the ITC, we'll do that after everyone's had a chance to fully absorb the rules and play it as it is written. Uh, CW just finished putting together enough uh, gene cult for full brood cycle uh, formation. New force org makes me a little sad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress out um, about that. Like, yeah, I mean, if you just finish making a formation, that's a bummer, no doubt, right? I, I feel for you. But your models are still going to be fine. Like, you know, Games Workshop is not going to invalidate any of your models. It's just the rules surrounding those models might change. Um, but, you, you know, that with any tabletop game I've ever played, there are different iterations. There's new editions of it. And there's never a convenient time for an addition to change. So you, you just kind of have to uh, embrace the change and accept the fact that that's a part of what we do. Um, it's like if you're playing a, a video game and a patch comes out when you've just mastered a certain technique and that patch renders it no longer valid. You know, it's just, that's, that's the nature of the beast. If you don't want a, a static game, if you want a dynamic game that is changing and evolving, you have to accept the fact that some things you took for given, for granted, are not gonna be there forever. Um, that's just the, that's the give and the take with a game that evolves and, and, and changes and gets better um, as you progress through it. So, Queekster, where is your co-caster? He's up in Seattle visiting his grandparents. Uh, the Cow King, 
Anyone from Frontline Gaming going to the Scorched Earth GT next month? No, uh, I am not, but I know Brandon from the Paint Studio often goes to those events. Pablo went to the last one. So yeah, there might be, there might be a couple of the staff. Um, next month is going to be bananas for me. So probably not going to be going to many tournaments personally. Um, Ty winning. Are you responsible for killing the Death Star? Pfft. Okay, guys, this people, people keep asking these questions and I understand why. All right. We did not write the rules, right? We were, we were just, as GW said in their live cast, we play tested and provided feedback. So that feedback was listened to, was it always taken? No, of course not. Um, but GW was an absolute pleasure to work with, but no, we did not like write um, the new version of the rules, not even not even remotely close to that. So I, I know you're, I know people, Taiwanese, I know you're joking, um, but, um, and, and it's a good joke, it's funny. I just wanna make sure it's very clear because people are asking questions as if like we wrote some of these rules and I'm like, you know, you guys, we didn't, we did not, that's not the case. Um, I understand that we, you can talk to us, because we're your point of contact. So it kind of like morphs into that, but uh, please bear that in mind is that we did not create um, the new the new incoming version of 40K, not not even close. That was the very, very hard work of the GW uh, game dev team. Uh, but we did we did help in our small way. Uh, Zelius with the sneaky tricks for pulling it into combat after charging um, and things not yet revealed. Do you think it'll be a common tactic uh, used by Horde or melee heavy armies to bog down firing lines and control the board. Again, I wouldn't speculate, I know it's hard not to, but I wouldn't speculate on tactics or even ask me if this is gonna be a common tactic because you don't have all the rules yet, so you don't have context. So trying to answer if a, if a, a tactic using just the limited information we have now is going to be commonly used in the future is not really a fair question because it's not being based on the, the foundation of a complete um, picture of the rules. So I, I can't answer that question yet, but uh, I would say that just going off of what they said, it sounds like melee is going to be more effective than it's been in, in a while. Uh, but again, you're going to have to wait and see. I'm sorry if that answer leaves you feeling a little flat, but it's just, it would be not fair for me to answer that question yet. Um, Stir Crazy 1987, you excited to see Tyranids be an actual threat again? Um, well, I, you guys all know I love Tyranids. I'm a big Tyranid player. And Tyranid, aka Codex Flyrant, for the past long time has been not, you know, what it was. But um, I can say when when uh, the game, when the new version of the rules and um, all the specific like uh, faction rules were being developed, there was a concerted effort made to make everything good. As much, I mean, of course, that's not going to be a everyone's opinion of what that means is different. But everyone involved their goal was to make every single thing in the game good as much as was possible. So uh, in the frame of reference of what I just said, am I excited to be, see Tyranids be an actual threat again? I'm excited to see every army and every unit as much as possible be a threat again. And I think that is what people should be most excited about um, what is to come. Uh, Chris C96, uh, okay, that's, that is pretty funny. Uh, T6 said, I'm happy to hear you helped. Uh, you guys know what's up. Thank you for helping make this game better. Thank you. Uh, again, our input was relatively limited, um, but it was a pleasure working with Games Workshop. They, they're, just, they're professionals, they care about the game, and they are humble enough to listen to other people's input. And that, that as a lifelong fan of the game, it was like a dream come true to have any impact on it at all. And um, thank you for the vote of confidence. That means a lot to us. Uh, it, 
we've got a lot of people write in thanking us and expressing confidence in not just Frankie and my ability, but uh, Mike with the Nova crew and the Adepticon guys, uh, expressing a lot of confidence in our ability to positively impact the game. And that really means a lot. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And we, we, we gave it our best effort um, to make every single faction, every single unit as good as it could be and, and fair and fun. So hopefully we achieve that goal. Uh, Chris, did, uh, did I write Age of Sigmar? No. <laughs> no, no, I did not. Oh, I'm sorry, you're answering someone else's question. I took that out of context, my apologies. Uh, Dog, can I answer how long we've been involved? I can't yet, uh, but we will be able to in the future. For right now, I, I can't, so I apologize. Uh, and we'll answer one more question. Lord Draconis, what do you think of death of formations? Oh, and what, okay, I wouldn't call it the death of formations, right? Like GW in that article said, that these detachments let you kind of do what you did before, maybe in different ways. So again, I wouldn't call it like the death of formations. I mean, that's kind of what was insinuated. And uh, uh, formations like technically, uh, GW said in the article are gone, but as I said in the beginning of the show, I think that formations really caused the seventh edition to go off the rails as we know them now. So I think it's good. Uh, even though some of them were fine, but the majority of them were fine. A lot of them weren't even playable because they were weak. But I think in general terms that formations being uh, severely altered or removed from the game, as it is indicated that is happening, I think is actually positive because a lot of the big problems with what we have now are rooted in formations. You know, gazillions free points, insane Death Stars. A lot of that comes from uh, formations. And I think that they were making the game less fun for most people. So... My personal opinion is that it sounds like it's going to be uh, a positive change. So anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the re-show today. Uh, it's always a bummer when we don't have Frankie. But uh, please jump in and grab your SoCal Open tickets. If you're thinking about going, they are selling at a pretty rapid pace. And again, jump into our web cart. You can get Games Workshop product. And the new Orc ITC Terrain Complete sets are in there. And they look absolutely awesome. You'll be seeing those in some battle reports very soon. Thank you very much for tuning in and we will see you on Monday.